Now you're ready to sail for the horn. Hey, hey, roll and go. Our boots and our clothes, boys, are all in the horn. To me, rollicking, randy, dandy, oh. Heave up, oh, heave away. Hey, hey, roll and go. The anchor's on board and the cable's all stored. To me, rollicking, randy, dandy, <coughs> Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 117. I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, deeply distracted but not dead, uh, Family Master, David McBurney. And trying to distract himself in Japan, Gaijin Mandokari, Michael Baker, yes, yeah. Yes, and due to random nonsense, we have limited time, so this is going to be a lightning episode. We're going to throw news and question and answers at you super fast. Fast. fast boom I feel like that's a guarantee you make after rather than before oh, so boom news we saw Final Fantasy 7 remake trailer that was the thing I'm into it it looks good yes boom I'm having another baby this year boom okay wow you didn't tell me that before no hey. no I was boom trying, uh, I was, I was going to say find... wheels yes wheels to top you up to top you right now Boom, my wife just went into the hospital for bed rest before having second baby. Oh, boom! <laughs> which, is, which is why I had to reschedule this week, and which is why I have limited time this afternoon. That explains oh. some things. Okay. Yeah. High five. Well, I guess. High five, yes. Well, I'm not topping either of those, and I'm not going to try either. Congratulations to you both. No. Yes. I, okay, Can you believe a charmer like me? Get... <laughs> We're trying to find a humorous way to to uh, announce that. I guess this will do. I guess your humorous way was a blitzkrieg of information. Yes, this is what I did to my friends that I played magic with as we were like walking out. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm having another baby. See you next week." Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll, I'll never quite have that kind of panache. <laughs> well, I mean, once you get to like two or three, it's just like, yeah, whatever. It's it's another one. I'm sure, I'm sure yes. that the children will never grow up noticing that. <laughs> yes. I believe in you. <laughs> yes, it's a boy and it's we're going with it's it's gonna be Finn the human, yeah. I feel like that seems like something your wife might dispute. Uh she loved the name Finnegan and I just, you know, composed myself and didn't. I feel like you should probably make it clear why you wanted to put that one there. Uh she she knows. She knows. Okay, okay. I wanted <laughs> to make sure that you weren't uh Pulling a fast one. Nope. Nope. She she totally knows. So. Okay. So yeah, uh, I, I'll. I think in honor of that, I may do a some streams of the recent Adventure Time game sometime later this summer. But yes, we. Have, <coughs> sorry to derail us for a minute. Not sure if that counts as derailing, but we'll go with them. Uh, so let's try and bang through some questions while we have time. Uh. And also, congratulations to you too, as well, Mike. It's a lot of congratulations Thanks, to everyone. Yes. Uh, I promise you, the second one is easier than the first. Considering how the story. first one came around, that yeah. has to be like inevitably true. Mm. Uh. Anyway, uh, which would interest you more as a remake? This is a question from Budai. Final Fantasy VIII or Final Fantasy IX? I'd say eight, just because there's more to improve. It has more room for improvement, but I also kind of never want to see those cards again, so... <laughs> uh, 
I don't want to give them the excuse. But I want to see time compression in 4K. Oh. <sighs> I, I want to see a better organized plot that actually allowed itself to explain what time compression is. I would much rather... For details in places where I, you would expect them. I mean, time compression means we ran out of uh, space on our last disc. Um, <laughs> Pretty but, much. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, a plot that didn't that either decided that Norg meant something or just removed him entirely. That second one seems more important. Yeah. Remember Norg? No. Turns out Norg? the school's financial benefactor is a weird alien that lives under the school, and then you kill him, and then the game just never talks about him again. Oh, that thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That game is a fever dream, especially, like, especially after the first disc and especially, especially after the second disc. Yeah. Uh, so more room to improve it, but also, I mean, I'm less interested in seeing an improved version of it. Yeah. So, um, and I think there, there's a lot of cool things they could probably improve on with nine. So there's always that. Well, nine would also at least stick out from most of the output because it is very much like a, it. It would be a throwback to an attempted throwback, which would be interesting to see how it was interpreted. Yeah. But. I think you'd run into the issue that a lot of the people that were involved with it are gone now. So, yeah, <sighs> uh, a lot of options there, I suppose. Yeah. Um, what we really need is a remake of six, obviously. Eh. Um, How dare you? I'll continue. We'll continue having this debate in the lead up to the FF Seven remake. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, there's one that. Uh, we skipped over that I felt like Gaijin might have more insight on. How popular was Dragon Quest X? Popular enough that they might try making another MMO uh, a la FF11 to 14. My impression was always not popular enough to merit that kind of thing happening again, but I wouldn't know because I'm not in a country where it was released. Did we lose Gaijin again? Uh, seems quite possible. But yeah, uh, until we get him back, I'll just say I I was always given to the impression that like the sales were kind of tragic. Yeah, like huge step down didn't seem to really garner. Like it certainly has a fan base, but I don't think it was the kind of fan base they would want to. I don't think they would want to associate an MMO with the main line again. Yeah. And I mean, you even look at uh, Final Fantasy XIV, that was a huge risk. And I guess at this point, people probably forget that it was a colossal failure <laughs> on its initial yeah. launch. Yeah, I mean, FF11 was a huge success, which is why they were willing to do another mainline Final Fantasy as an MMO. But, like, FF14, if they hadn't pulled it out of the fire, might have spelled the end for that series as mainline MMOs. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had to get all their value out of crystal tools, I guess. I don't know. I feel like we'd be more likely to see aspects of Dragon Quest X carved out and turned into a single-player game than to see, like, Dragon Quest XIII be an MMO again. Probably. Baker back. I feel like part of this episode is going to end up being me just uh, monologuing. <laughs> Bound to happen eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the exact numbers I can find, 367,000 units initially, 
Well, an impressive debut for an MMO, worst debut of a mainline Dragon Quest. Okay, so where are we now? Because Skype hates <laughs> my laptop. Skype is um, evil. We were looking at a question that Budai had asked that I was going to def- that I had saved over to defer to you. Uh, how popular is Dragon Quest X? Uh, the question became sort of like, would they try making another mainline Dragon Quest in MMO, or did Dragon Quest X not do well enough to justify that? I was always given the impression that it didn't sell well, and I was curious if you knew better. I mean, it's done about as well as you'd expect with of anything with the name Dragon Quest on it. Hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of telling that they never tried to bring it to an American audience. Yeah. I was I was given to the impression that it sort of sold like you would expect a Dragon Quest spinoff to sell. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I really don't think they're going to try another Dragon Quest Online game as it is. Um, yeah. As it is, or as something different, like you said, as a spinoff, perhaps, but they've already got the... I love the um, handheld and smartphone stuff going. Yeah, I feel like the time to make an MMO kind of left us behind. There's The genre isn't booming the way that it was in the late ops, so... Yeah, I mean... Even, it sounds like World of Warcraft even is starting to struggle. I mean, I've kind of, it's, at this point, World of Warcraft is sort of struggling under the amount of bloat that it has, like, given that it's a 10-year, 15-year life cycle product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I don't, like, nothing has, like, certainly there are other successful MMOs, but nothing has become a juggernaut the way that WoW was in its prime. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's reflective of a a shrink in the um, the degree to which an MMO can dominate the market, which makes the concept of turning Dragon Quest into an MMO less appealing, combined with the fact that the last time it didn't do as well as I would imagine they had hoped. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's Square, who knows? They're very good at throwing good money at, uh, good money after bad. Um, oh, ain't that the truth? <laughs> let's see. Uh, I'm not sure if any of us has something for this, but I want to acknowledge the question. Crawl asked, JRPG scene is full to bursting with niche entries that deserve more love, but what WRPGs do you think ought to get a greater share of the limelight? Um, I'd actually have to be able to remember the names of a lot of these things. Fair, fair. Um, probably anything that's like on Steam and looks cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of the indie section of that would probably be what you would want. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, they aren't all styled like Western developed RPGs, but there are a lot of Western developed RPGs on there that are interesting. Mm. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of those are just like a bunch of. At least they used to be a bunch of roguelikes. Oh, there's always tons of roguelikes. Yeah. Yeah, that comes from both sides of the shore. Uh, I don't know. I was going like. Five years ago, I would have said, like, Vampire the Masquerade, but that's getting a sequel, so it's certainly appreciated enough. I'm sure that someone was willing to... I'm sure that there exists someone willing to stump for Troika's other work, but I've never played it. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think of anything that would actually fit Hmm. the question that isn't already very well known, because I'm just not that familiar with a lot of these... with a lot of minor... Western series. You get into a lot of like the lower tier ones and you end up looking into things that are very heavily grognardy, which is not really a 
group that I, not really a group that applies to me. So. Yeah, Groneyards of the World Unite. I mean, that describes the entire wizardry subgenre. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's a lot of wizardry clones that I'm sure Wheels has played like five of. Oh God. Ugh. Speaking of which, they're they're reviving one of those in Japan. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was one that there was one game recently announced that turns out to be a reboot of Students of Round, hmm. which I remember as one of the few Xbox exclusive RPGs in Japan for quite a long time. Oh God. Yeah. It's a. Uh, like a spiritual prequel to Demon Gaze, I think it was. Same company. Uh, oh, yeah. Experience? Yep. Well, if we can't think of anything, let's lightning round the last question. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think I got anything, so go ahead. Uh, how important is it to get DLC out? This is from Budai. How important is it to get DLC out while the game is still within some realm being current? Can be tricky to line, uh, tricky line to walk between having DLC content too soon after launch, like you're holding back content versus releasing content after people have moved on to other games. I think uh, it depends on the variety of DLC content because if we're just talking like character skins and cool items, then right out the, um, just right off the bat, just because it's random extra stuff that people who are currently really into the game will want to try to get. Yeah, you don't want to. But if it's like expansion pack stuff, wait. Because again, they'll start feeling really, and the customers will start start feeling annoyed that hey, they should have gotten this in the main game to begin with. But if you wait long enough, they feel like they're getting a cheap extra game added on. Yeah, depending on size, I would wait. But I would say probably between two and six months. Yeah. Which doesn't help that the market moves a lot faster now. So if something. Uh, if something isn't if something isn't showing signs of life fast enough, people just kind of forget about it a lot faster than they might have ten, maybe even five years ago. So yeah. that's more a problem with the market rather than anything an individual game can worry about. I'd say it's more of a problem with society in general. <laughs> yeah, well the society affects the market, so either way. Yeah. Would you really would you count like live service games in this question, or is that not really does that really fit? Uh, I mean, how many live service RPGs can you play? Destiny, Destiny Two. Uh, By your definition, at least. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> fight! 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 Harsh. Hey, hey, all I know is the random sniping that you two guys do whenever that game comes up in conversation. <laughs> so I'm just trying to, trying to, uh, what's right over here, contribute to the hazing, to I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I guess, but, I, I mean, I guess for those it is, and probably things like M MMOs, anything that has, like, a ton of content and probably like little updates that occur um, before any big DLC like there's going to be so much there that people are going to be less concerned with like caring about the DLC right away or getting the DLC right away 
I mean, in those yeah. cases, you have to sort of start by giving a bunch of smaller free updates to get people used yeah. to coming back to it. That's when you start rolling out the paid ones. Mm-hmm. It's like um, any given Japanese game that has any form of DLC will probably give out several bits of it for free in like issues of Famitsu Magazine or just mm-hmm. regular updates for the first three weeks or four weeks after purchase or after re- initial release. Just anything to keep you from selling it back for uh, fast enough that the used copies flood the market. Yeah. There is that. They've gotten better about pres- positioning it, though, so... I mean, whatever keeps the consumer in the right mindset, I guess. <sighs> Sorry, not that... got a lot on my mind right now, so not that chatty today. No worries. No worries. It happens. Uh, I'm going to have to jump off, so I guess you're going to have to finish without me. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. No worries, sir. Mm-hmm. See you, Space Cowboys. See ya. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, uh, anything else? Yeah, me getting, me getting cut out because of Skype. Yeah, freaking three times. Uh, so... I guess we should just end it there, and uh, we'll see you next week. Okay. It's somewhat of a more normal episode, maybe. We'll see. Oh, probably just because, again, wife will still be in on bed rest in the hospital. Daughter will be at grandma's house, which means I really have nothing to do in a lot of afternoons. <laughs> Sounds good. It depends on your definition of good and your ability to manage your own time. Yeah. 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 But otherwise, yeah. Um, are are we still here? Yep. Okay. Good. Okay. I mean, when after Dave's random bits of static left the conversation, I was having trouble determining if my computer is still connected. Uh, uh, but yeah. So yeah, I'm still trying to get into this Twitter thing. Um, at Michael Yarimiza. And um, just. Yeah, trying to get my own stuff out there. So Yeah, I try to retweet you whenever I see something. Thank you much. No worries. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, or are we still on or uh no. Whenever whenever you're good to end it, we'll end it, but yeah, okay. no rush to shut it down. Uh, I've I've still got about ten minutes before I need to get going, so you know what, let's have some fun here. Um, remember I was playing Final Fantasy X Ten Two. Yes. Yeah the the uh, Vita made a small drop off of a shelf, like half a foot, Ooh, no. which it often does in its little case. Except this time it dislodged the memory card. Oops, this this sounds which, bad. Oh yeah, so my first game, the save file got deleted. <laughs> However, this was the game where I made it to story level two at level twelve for the characters. Because I did absolutely no side stuff. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> so I just went back and did all the side stuff. Nice. And now I'm like level 19 and I'm coming up to the end of story level one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... With that, with about four more jobs than I had, or three more jobs than I had before. Yeah. So, fun fun. Fun fun. I still need to get around to finally finishing. Um, uh, 
10 2, which I've never actually completed. It's definitely different from 10 in most respects. It's yeah. kind of. I had to. It took me a while to get my head around the fact that it is the most active ATB system I've ever played. Yeah. As in, if you turn your eyes away for a few seconds, you the monster may just kill you while you're forgetting to actually put in any commands. Oh, yeah. And God forbid you need to take time to think about anything. <laughs> no time for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Mm. Uh, so you've been playing anything else, or has that been pretty much it? Well, I mean, I don't normally have a lot of extra time to play other stuff, so it's whatever's currently in my handheld for the most part. I mean, I've been trying to work through a game called Seven Pirates, Actually, Pirate 7. Pirate 7. 7 Pirates is a completely different game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, just this Japanese indie game I picked up that's basically High Seas Fire Emblem. Nice. For good and for bad. Sounds interesting. But um, the... Just because, yeah, I was like, okay, here's the next um, next stage. Okay. Okay, I get, five, um, I get five characters to use. Okay, I've got... Looks like I've got an extra person to pick up. Okay, I've got 24 enemy units. Okay. Hi. <laughs> yeah, it's... um, Yeah, fire old Fire Emblem levels of unfair sometimes. Oof. <laughs> that kind of stinks. Is that, yeah, that does... Fire Emblem on the Seas sounds really cool. Yeah. So, yeah... I mean, my, high, my highest level character is the one with the dancer ability to let somebody else take another turn. Which is like Fire Emblem as it gets. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, that sounds like they basically just pulled it right from Fire Emblem. Yeah. With a lot more firearm um, users, at least. Or at least more than I remember being. Okay. I think if there's anything cool I've been playing that I could talk about, but it's mostly been Yokai Watch and Destiny. So uh, I've already probably rambled on about Yokai Watch too much on the backtrack, and I'm fairly certain that no one that's been on this show or comes to our site cares about Destiny. So yeah, I know. Right now, I'm just thinking of the bit, the um, the scene from. Um, young Frankenstein. Destiny, destiny, no escaping. That's for me. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I need to watch. Oh, I figure I'm going to be watching a lot of movies. Yeah. As soon as I get the PlayStation Three hooked back up, and I have a working CD player again. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Also, I was going to ask if you would recommend watching a Detective Pikachu. Yes. Oh, yes. I forgot. All about talking about that. Yes, it was quite good. Um, uh, not, I wouldn't say I was surprised since there were a lot of good uh, early reviews, but uh, it was just really entertaining. And the the CG, which I think people were kind of iffy about when you know it, the f- trailers first came out, it was very good. Mm-hmm. And just you kind of stopped thinking about it pretty quick. So it, it just. Yeah. It just worked. There's, there were lots of good comedy and there was good action bits, and it was just, it was good. You know, I I think I, I think my favorite um, comments out of the general consensus was, yeah, the plot's kind of thin on the ground at times, and it doesn't really push any anything anywhere. It's 
kind of a cookie cutter plot sometimes, and it goes really weird in the third act. But hey, it looks really nice, and it's cool to see like a integrated human Pokemon world. And you know what? It's pretty much exactly what the games are about. Yep. Incremental change, and not messing around with a good model once you got it. Yep. <laughs> so it's like the most Pokemonish ga- uh, movie you could possibly make. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that about sums it up. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah. Also shows that whoever was in charge of making the movie did not fall into the classic trap of people who fail at comic book movies. Yep. Which is to be embarrassed by your own source material. Yeah, it really, it really, in it, it doesn't try and like mm-hmm. make it any way like that people who have no idea what Pokemon is. With you know, it it doesn't try and do anything stupid like that. It's just. You know, this is Pokemon. Here you go. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is why it'll probably hold out as the quote-unquote best video game, Western video game movie for a while to come, just because they weren't embarrassed by their own source material. Yep. Unlike, say, Street Fighter. Oh. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm trying to think yeah. of others. Or the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> oh, that's another classic example. That one and Mortal Kombat. Uh, Most well, of the other examples I could think of were all Uwe Boll productions, in which case um, it wasn't so much that the director was embarrassed by the material as it was that he was using it as a tax shelter. Yeah. And I, I, I did like the Mortal Kombat movie. I, I almost think that one was more of an issue of them not giving it enough budget. Mm-hmm. But I mean, not gonna try and hold that movie up as like some fantastic piece. Of... Yeah, this was way. Oh, it's, it's certainly way not. Better. I mean, it, considering the movie was based off of as well. Yeah. No, it's gonna be hard to top this one as far as video game movies go. And um, <laughs> the lone contender this year, I don't think will do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. S- sorry. Other Sonic. than that, just have the Resident Evil movies. Oh God. A- which I believe have devolved into some sort of fan fiction mess to make the director's wife look good. Yep. And I say that not having seen the most recent ones, but yes. Yes. Yep. That's all they are. They're bad. I hate them. Mm-hmm. And it, okay. It, yep. And it stinks because I feel like those games should make good movies. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is what it is. Hmm. Right. Oh, well, yeah. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah. So, any recommendations for movies I should try and rent? Uh, you've already seen Spider Verse, right? No, I have not. Because no. back when I was actually in theaters here, it was only in Japanese. Ah, yes. And I'm not sure if it's out for vi- out for video rental yet here. So. Uh, that would be a high recommend. Um, have you seen any of the How to Train Your Dragon movies? Just the first one. Okay. I would recommend the second one and then the third one, which is really good. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Anything else? Or should we close it up? Nah. All right. Uh, That's it for this week. Uh, You can send us questions in the usual place, etc. Whiskey is the life of man. Whiskey, Charlie. Oh, whiskey is the life of man. 
Whiskey for my Johnny O. I'll drink whiskey when I can. Whiskey, Johnny. I'll drink it out of an old tin can. Whiskey for my Johnny O. Whiskey gave me a broken nose. Whiskey. Hello and welcome to a bonus-ish episode of Q&A Quest that may also end up pasted on the end of another episode. Um, <laughs> your host, Mike Epps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always. Dave McBurney, Family Master, uh, you know, rolled up the moon last week and now playing FF12. Yeah. So... There, I didn't have a clever way to say that, I was just <laughs> going to say it regardless. <laughs> uh, so we have more scheduling nonsense as, honestly... Kind of shocked this hasn't happened more often, considering we have a person on the East Coast, someone on the West Coast, and someone in Japan. So, uh, some third coast, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, so the streak we were on for the longest time of recording faithfully every week is pretty impressive. So, you know, these sorts of things. Uh, are going to happen. Just just remember the dark times, if you've been listening that long, where uh, we would just maybe record, you know, once every three weeks, maybe, whenever I could can pull wheels away from Destiny, or being a dad, or both. <laughs> <laughs> Dadstiny? Dadstiny. That's the episode's title now, Dadstiny. Oh, God. <laughs> uh... It's okay, you don't have to listen to me. <laughs> I guess it's just my destiny. Wow. Well, okay, now you do have to listen to me. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, so, how's it going, Wheels, before we dive into the questions? Uh, good, so I've actually started playing Destiny 2 again. So there's oh. that, ironically enough. I didn't even realize this. He hadn't mentioned it somehow. Uh, I kind of started up again last night. So I mean, it's been brewing for a while. It's just a matter. It was a matter of when I would actually sit down and like start to grind again because I'm super behind on things. Every time you think you're out. Yeah. So that uh, I presume that's you know destiny probably. Yeah. Okay, we definitely discussed Aladdin too much before recording. Yes, um, we did. Being as this may or may not be a bonus episode, and being as Gaijin's not here, it's probably going to mostly focus on, you know, episodes, uh, questions that are maybe not something that he would have much uh, interest in. So, That's right. let's do that. Alternatively, let's ramble about, let me ramble about FF12 for a couple minutes before sure. we do that. Because I've got opinions. I'm uh, <laughs> so, Wales, jobs or no jobs? Uh, jobs? Is, I'm just saying, is that your preferred version? Yes, I didn't... Uh, the original version is a bit much for me. I'm and, curious, what do you mean by a bit much in that case? Well, it kind of just, you know, here's this giant board. Try and figure out how to configure all these characters. A board? <laughs> Uh, I, the license board, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. 
Like, I think that the job system is probably on the whole better, but I still find it galling that there's no way to play the game the way it was originally released. Yeah. There's no option to play it how it was initially released to the public. There's now, like, four versions where they have shown themselves willing to make minor and major tweaks to things that seemed kind of like crazy tweaks at one point, like the PS2 International Zodiac job system version, every character only gets one job, so even a full party can only ever use half the game's jobs. <laughs> Zodiac Age, like, hmm, maybe that's a little restrictive, so they give every character two jobs. But then people are like, well, it feels scary to pick a bunch of jobs and not have a real idea of what they do and just be stuck with them for the rest of the game. So they ported to Switch and Xbone, and they're like, mm, yeah, maybe you're right. And so now you can just swap them like, anytime you go back to your clan area. So it becomes, like, if you can do all of these license board options, you really should be able to do an option that's just the original license board. It's true. But that has been reinstated in no video game. Yeah. And it, I, I was complaining about this on Twitter. It is like if you had... If a DVD only offered you the director's cut and not the original theatrical cut, and hmm... This game sure is more like Star Wars than people realized. Or like all the Blade Runner DVDs until like probably like five years ago or so. Oh, uh, there was one like 2008 that was like five different cuts and one yeah, of them was the theatrical. One. Yeah, that was the first DVD release of the theatrical cut. And I get that there's a lot of people that really heavily dislike the theatrical cut, but at the same time, it should be available. Yeah, and there's people that like me that prefer yeah. the theatrical cut. But like for historicity's sake, the it, there's a lot of weird, like very minor revisionism that Square kind of does around FF12, and one of them is that they only present this like kind of a director's cut job version. Like, there's no way to play it otherwise. But they also, like, I've noticed as I've looked through it that they kind of just sort of like, oh, the director of Final Fantasy XII, Hiroyuki Ito. And it's like, yeah, he was a director. <laughs> <laughs> there were several. It was just weird when I was looking at, like, the publicity around the game and I, seeing that I a few times. Him. Yeah, I know. Same. He seems really cool. <laughs> But at the same time, it feels weird because it had an, a different director that everyone... Like, there's no hiding the fact that that was the original director. They put a reference to him in the game as a bonus boss. <laughs> but, like, if you see Square Reference, who directed FF12, what you will usually see is Hiroyuki Ito. And it just feels like a weird choice to make. Pretty weird. Because, I mean, you know, Yasumi Matsuno's fingerprints are still on that video game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was sent, I'm not sure. I saw an interview connected to him recently where he was saying that he feels like he has to direct at least one more either Tactics Ogre or Final Fantasy Tactics before he dies. Can it be both? <laughs> Final Fantasy <laughs> Tactics Ogre. <laughs> Don't you love Final Fantasy Tactics Ogre? No, I don't want to mix them up. I want two separate and awesome and amazing games. It's true. It should be noted that uh, he Although put that, ref that would probably destroy him also. Like, I feel like if you could convince him 
that they would be small productions, then maybe he could make one. Mm. I feel like a AAA production would kill him. Yes. Like, I don't think we'll ever see, like, him at the helm of, like, a major, like, this is our big tentpole game for the year from Square Enix again. Or anyone again. <laughs> but I think you could maybe lure him into, like, something on the scale of Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. No, I know he didn't direct that, but the point is. <laughs> It'll be exclusive to phones, it will be gotcha-filled, and we will all be sorry. Or it will be a low-budget-ish game for the Switch. Put it on Switch and make it, like, I don't know. Well, don't necessarily make it eShop only, but make it some of that tier. No, here, I got a better idea. Just be like, yeah, we're going to release this on the Vita, because why not? I mean, there's a lot of reasons why not. I know, I know. <laughs> it would be hilarious, so. Would it be? Because then I feel like a lot of people would just get really, really pissed. <laughs> I know, and it'd be hilarious. To me. To me. Probably to no one else. We would have to answer questions from them, Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I don't know. Sure. The, the audience that asks questions probably would just buy it on Vita and not care. Uh, but still. I think it would be funny for five seconds and then very irritating for the next uh, ever. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I could see... I feel like Tactics Ogre needs it more. Yeah. Because that one always pretended, at least, that there were going to be like 12 episodes, and I think maybe three of them ever happened. <laughs> yeah, I guess there were some games in there that he had nothing to do with, so probably don't really count, at least to him. So I don't think that they were ever supposed to take the place of numbered ones anyway. Like, Knight of gotcha. Lotus doesn't seem like it was taking up a number that he had intended to expand upon. What about the 64 game? A Person of Lordly Cal Caliber? That's... Yeah. I don't know if the numbering scheme of Tactics Ogre and Ogre Battle actually is contiguous with each other. Yeah. How do you feel about the Zenobia Prince? What is that? That's the Neo Geo Pocket <laughs> Color exclusive one. I feel like I don't care about that one. That's very rude of you. Maybe, but I feel like I don't care about that one. <laughs> that one's not actually a numbered installment either. It's Legend of Ogre Battle Gaiden, Prince of Zenobia. Nice. So, that one was very clearly like, oh no, this doesn't, this doesn't quite count. But yeah, that one's... Who was it Ogre Battle that was like labeled as Episode 5? <laughs> one of these is labeled like episode 5 and then there's another one that's labeled like episode 2 and it's just like I, I guess these are supposed to interconnect I doubt he's making all of the intervening episodes but <laughs> yeah uh, but no I feel like Ogre Battle kind of needs uh, Ogre Battle or Tactics Ogre whichever he would prefer kind of needs it more uh, FF Tactics FF Tactics is weird, because while I'm playing FF12, I'm thinking, like, when I think of Ivalice, I think of FF Tactics. There's, like, five other Ivalice games, and none of them look anything like FF Tactics in terms of world design. That's true. Everything looks like Tactics Advance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm fine with, but... It, it, it's one of those things where it's, like, both in look and mood, they all look a lot more like each other than they do, like, Tactics. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I, that's the other thing that you would run into if he decided to make another Evil East game is like, because like the thing he specifically referenced was making another FF Tactics. Right. And I'm not sure what and how much of any given iteration of Evil East would make its way into that game. Mm. So yeah. Sorry, just had a lot of had a lot of Evil East thoughts on my uh, mind. No worries. March of the Black Queen, marching single file. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, video game. Um, I'm gonna answer a question that I know that I don't think Gaijin would have an opinion on, but it will also put wheels to sleep. So we're gonna have to live with that. Okay, while he's sleeping, if someone uh, would I ask, if someone were to finish Ace Attorney trilogy, where would be the next place to go? Oh god. <laughs> to which, space. Which games are considered must plays versus ones that are just considered cute spin-offs but not essential? Uh, I mean, you finish the first it's 3, you go to 4. Like that is the direct next thing to do because it was the next game that was made by the original writer and director. And it is a direct continuation. Then things get dicey. <laughs> so let me try to make this fast so that Wheels doesn't die. It'll be like when I would put timers on Wheels doing Monster Hunter questions. Ooh, I remember that. Yeah, long gone far away. Uh, okay, quick version. Uh, after Ace Attorney 4, uh, fans get real pissed. Um, director of the games decides he kind of wants to do something else. He goes off and makes Ghost Trick. Uh, Phantom Detective. Re is that a subtitle? My brain says that's a subtitle, but it has been known to be wrong. Uh, but in any case, Ghost Trick. Right. Okay. Yeah, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Cute game, wonderful game. In fact, I fully recommend it. Not an Ace Attorney game, but uh, really, really good. Uh, anyone who likes Ace Attorney or not should play that. Um, then you get into the period where they're not quite sure what to do with the franchise. Capcom clearly wants him to come back and direct 5 and, si five and onward. They don't want to mess up whatever plans he has, so they start making interquels. Ace Attorney Investigations 1 is bad. <laughs> uh, Ace Attorney Investigations 2 is actually quite good, but it assumes and requires you to have played Ace Attorney Investigations 1. Ooh. It's not very essential. Like It is the very definition of a game designed to not interfere with whatever comes after it. They don't know what's happening. They don't know who's making five. They know that a five has to happen eventually because Ford sold better than any of the prior ones, but they don't know what that'll be. So they just sit on it and make spinoffs for a while. Those are... <sighs> Investigations 2 is really good. Investigations 1 is really bad. Um... Uh, I would recommend, with trepidation, eventually playing Investigations 2. Hmm. I seem to have lost Dave's audio. There it goes. I'm sorry, I had to mute myself briefly. Um, uh, no worries. Investigations 2, like, I can't really recommend playing them before 5 and 6, even though Investigations 2 is better than 5. It requires you to have played Investigations 1, and it's just not a very interesting game. <laughs> like, I keep saying, is bad, and, like, there's really only one case I would consider bad? But that case is the final case, and it's, like, ten hours long. Oh, sweet Jeebus. It's so long, it's so unsatisfying, 
and like I'm going to be very vague about this, but a minor spoiler is that the villain that the game has built up as the real villain gets arrested halfway through, and then it keeps going. <laughs> and it's like, I get that this case has its own villain, but you just, why would you have, why would you arrange the game such that the new villain that you just introduced is the one that you spend an additional five or six hours trying to uh, get arrested. It, like, it is such an, a base-level failure of storytelling, I'm baffled that it happened. Wow. Like, I can't imagine how someone looked at this and said, yes, that is the order that you resolve these conflicts. But yeah, it's, it's a bad final case. It takes up nearly like half to a third of the game. It's, yeah. Um, two's a lot better. Uh, I mean, if you really, if you want to just play the hits, maybe just read a summary of what happened in two, uh, in the original, and just play two. Uh, two has some references to the first Ace Attorney game that are mildly interesting as fan service. That's the other problem with the Investigations games, is that they're very much, like, people were kind of pissed about four. So we need to make a lot of references to the old games. We need to have tons of tie-ins to the original trilogy. And so it gets kind of like, Hey, it's this guy. Remember them? They're back. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, please stop. You, you didn't have an idea for what to do with them. Once they got there, you just put them in there. But yeah. Uh, but overall two is good. One is not, um, but five and six, I mean, five is clearly a new team getting comfortable with making a mainline game again. Uh, the 3DS version's English release has a very strange bug that kind of makes case three not make sense. <laughs> I'll explain that to Wheels later because it's actually a very interesting bug. Uh, <laughs> and six very well might be the best case in this, might be the best game in the series and very much relies on you having played five. So. I would say once you finish those, once you finished one, two, and three, play four, five, and six. This was a very long way of saying that. Um, <laughs> so play them all. You're saying all the number. Yes, I mean if if you liked if you liked one, two, and three, four, five, and six are more of that. Uh, and then like the thing that probably sparked this question is the recent fan translation of Daigyakuten Saiban which was the original director being coaxed back into the series, but he still didn't want to direct the mainline games. So they ended up putting him... They gave him carte blanche to make a spin-off, however he wanted to make it. And he apparently went through a few different ideas. There's, this is really interesting to me, so I'm going to ramble about it. Originally, he wanted to make a game where you had to... Uh, you were involved in civil trials rather than criminal ones. Hmm. And while doing research on that... The conclusion that he came to was that most of those trials don't have satisfactory endings. They just sort of, there's kind of a split decision, and like, one person gets some of what they want, and one person gets some of what they want, and it's just not that interesting to, it's really hard to write cases around it. Hmm. But he apparently pursued this idea for like six months. <laughs> uh, and then he was like, wait a minute, they'll give me money to do anything. What if I wrote Sherlock Holmes fan fiction? <laughs> And so he did, and it's good. It's very good, uh, both as Ace Attorney and as Sherlock Holmes fan fiction. But you might want to hold off on those until the fan translation of two that is currently in progress finishes, because it's... If you finish Daigyakuten Saiban 1, one of the things you'll note is, oh, this is part one of two. Oh. 
Like it very much. One of the things people were angry about with four when it came out is that when Ace Attorney one came out, it was made with the assumption that it would never get a sequel. And so it raises questions and then it answers all of them. Every single one. And then they make sequels to it and they have issues coming up with way they have to keep retconning new things into the plot of the background. And there's a lot of things where you, if you look back at, statements made in Ace Attorney 1 and then try to explain why they were made at all, given context added by 2 and 3, it's like, huh. Wow, you really ran out of places to insert backstory, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> with uh, Whereas with Ace Attorney 4, it was a game made with the assumption it would get sequels. So it has a it has a ton of questions that it starts and then doesn't answer because it's supposed to get a sequel that will answer them. <laughs> and like, by Ace Attorney 6, there are still questions posed in 4 that they haven't come up with an answer for, or, like, revelations that are clearly, like, they've loaded them up but haven't fired them. <laughs> so, you know, they, those games actually, despite being made by different groups, kind of fit together better than Ace Attorney's 1 through 3 in a lot of places. <laughs> Although there are answers to certain questions from 4 that, like, one of them gets answered in five, and the way that it gets answered doesn't quite fit, but you can see how they were in between a rock and a hard place because they clearly did not know what his original answer was going to be. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so this was a long... I, I just like talking about Ice Attorney, and Wheels is being very indulgent right now, so that's what you get. This is a long way of saying play four, five, and six when you finish one, two, and three if you need more in your life. Then maybe consider Investigations... Uh, and if by that point Daigakuten Saibon 2 is out certainly Daigakuten Saibon 1 has my full of my full-throated recommendation as an excellent game so yeah sorry about that taking a while uh, <laughs> where are we again? Uh, you know Wheelsland <laughs> okay uh, yeah so that was Ace Attorney. I actually uh, listened to all of that intently. I don't know why you did that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wheels has had to listen to my rambling about Ace Attorney for years. I don't know how he survived. I don't know. I tried it. It was neat. It's not, just not your taste. Not, not my thing. <laughs> it's a shame. Can't shoot anything. <laughs> you or... actually yell at people for shooting things. It's just like the anti-wheels. <laughs> Uh, there's another question I think we can both discuss and then, you know, probably bring it back up because I think there's a lot of meat on its bones. Uh, Let's dig in then. So this is another one from Budai. In a full-on action RPG system, are there anything? Are there any things in FF7 that might have to change? Certain fights, materia, and so on. What are some cool things that you can't wait to see translated to that game? Uh, every combat situation from the original game. It depends, because, like, it's a full-on action RPG system, but it is still multiple characters. Yeah, and I'm not really clear how it's going to work. Like, one thing that raises a lot of questions is the all-materia, hmm. which is really powerful, but what does that actually do to... Air does it just increase area of effect? Does it cast the spell separately on every enemy? 
how, how does that work? A lot of the support materia is going to be kind of interesting, although I think a lot of it will work just fine. Like steel as well, or added effect, will all just work fairly reasonably well, but all is a big question. Uh, double cut slash quad cut, I don't know what that does anymore. Uh, <laughs> there's, there, there's a lot of these. Uh, morph, morph might just be... That's one of those ones that I could see just getting cut entirely. Uh, uh, manipulate as well might be an issue. No guesses. Uh, like, enemy skill can probably still work. Um, sorry, I'm just going down a list of these. Uh, final attack is an interesting one that I'm not sure... Like, that could probably still work, but it'll be different. Yeah. I really love... One of my favorite things about FF7 is how many of the materia do are things that attach to other materia to make them do very strange things. <laughs> and so I want that to be emphasized in the remake, if I can. Uh, as for fights... Um, the Wutai section where Yuffie just steals all of your materia could functionally end up playing out very differently. Uh, I'm not sure how that'll function anymore. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how good your memory of FF7 is, Wheels. <laughs> it's been a while. I mean, I remember the basics. <laughs> but in the story beats and the characters and certain random things. But yeah, it's been a while since I did like a full playthrough. Oh, here's another one. I don't know how Tifa's Limit Break is going to work. <sighs> Everyone else's limit break... Well, okay, I don't know how Ketchy's limit break is going to work either. Uh, Ketchy's limit break options were... They had two. You, they could throw dice. Or they could run a slot machine. Hmm. Not sure how that works in 3D space. Not sure... I'm not sure if they would even do some of the slot machine options anymore. That's a good question. Um like to see what the golden saucer looks like in the new game that should be a lot of fun that's gonna be super glitzy i'm gonna be interested in what that yeah especially because there's a lot of that's one thing that's gonna be weird in is that everything has to make sense in 3d space now in some fashion because ff7 has a lot of geometry that like relies on perspective tricks or just looks completely non-euclidean so, it's not as insane as some of the later ones, but I mean, there's a lot of things where they're going to have to do a lot of weird things in 3D space that I'm curious about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I just, I'm very interested in their choices for a lot of these things. I was thinking about the issue of how the world is laid out and how much extra work that that world will put on them versus like what they could do. And a part of me is wondering if they end up restructuring the entire game world to make mm. Midgar a hub location. Could do that. Cause they keep saying they want more Midgar in the game. And that would be a way to make a lot of Midgar, make a lot of reusable assets and, uh, you know, allow them to continue to have a lot of disparate sections of the world. Mm. But I guess we'll see. I don't know. Um, and 
on the flip side, you know, they already got the really big change in the Comet system. I wonder how much they want would want to tinker with the rest of the experience. But I mean, once you commit to changing any of it, you kind of commit to changing a lot of it. That's true. Well, they can just totally change the story and have Eris not die. Maybe that's probably not happening. And and maybe just Cloud dies instead. You got a thing to work then out. Eris is here. <laughs> no, it's fine. It sounds like you got something to work out. Tell me. Eh, Cloud's kind of annoying. It's been a while since you played, haven't you? <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. Like the thing is that, like, yeah, there's bits where he's, like, kind of cruising for a bruising, but that's, uh, kind of the point. Yeah. <coughs> oh, God, don't die. No, it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> but, I guess I would say, for a, for something you'll relate to, that would be like saying that Luke should have just died a third of the way through, uh, Abyss. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I suppose character arcs and all that. No, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine by the end. He says left Mosey a lot. <laughs> he says it like once, but it's right before the end of the game, so everyone remembers it. The other party member, some of the other party members complain that he sounds wimpy when he says it. <laughs> right. But, yeah. As you can tell, I'm the big FF7 fan here. True. I mean, I played the heck out of it when I was younger. But, I mean, if you had a PlayStation 1 and had that game, it's not like there were that many huge RPGs to dig into so it's kind of thing to do which again I'm not I'm certainly not bashing the game I'm going to play the hell out of this remake uh, I feel like you're speaking very much in a position of had a PS1 before Christmas of 97 perspective no, no I did not because there were a lot of RPGs after FF7 like a lot a lot yep could talk about how I traded in my Super Nintendo copy of Final Fantasy VI for the PlayStation version at a Funko Land. Wow, rip Funko Land. Oh, rip. Also rip you. <laughs> rip my good copy of that game. It's fine, you've got a Super NES Classic now or whatever. Yeah, that was... That was a crushing disappointment. That's not a good version. No, no it is not. Bad load times definitely wreck the pacing of the early game as well. Would you believe that the PS1 version was the first place I played Chrono Trigger and I still loved it? I would believe it. Forever stunted my ability to enjoy FF6 as intended, though. It's <sighs> a shame. What can I say, man? <laughs> what can I say? Uh. <laughs> All right, what else is going on in the world of RPGs? Is Rage 2 an RPG? I'm very unclear. Yeah, it's kind of. 
I don't know. I didn't play the original Rage. I kept seeing people describe it as like Legend of Zelda, and I don't know what that meant. Huh? <laughs> I don't know how I saw that multiple times. I, I don't know. I don't understand. I saw that claim multiple times. I have no earthly idea what it meant. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. <sighs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. You would know more about Rage 2 than I do. Uh, not yet, but I'm considering it. But the reviews are conflicted. Like some say it's super fun, the story's garbage, and then I was watching like the the. Um... Oh God, what's... why am I forgetting the name of the site? Something bomb. Something. Giant bomb. Giant, thank you, giant bomb. Uh, God, now I forgot the name of the, the feature, like uh, quick play or yeah, quick look. Thank you. <laughs> Brain is not working right now. I don't think I think people would have figured out what you meant by that anyway. Uh, probably. So it doesn't matter. I was watching the giant bomb quick look, and kind of the final thesis of of it was it's totally fine. It's not bad. It's not amazing or revolutionary or anything so I don't know that I need it to be but I don't know if that's something I'm gonna run out and spend $60 on did feel a little bad when I read that uh, that Polygon article by someone born with a cleft palate that felt a little uh, unfairly portrayed by that game oh that, that sucks that's a, that's a, I had a, at least one cousin born with a cleft palate. Yeah, that sucks. A rough life to be, uh, it's a rough life to lead at any, yeah. <laughs> at any point. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, like apparently the game is good if that's not going to be a problem for individual, the individual player, but I mean. I mean. The, the one thing you will know, and this was the case of the original game as well, is it's, it involves ID software, so the shooting will be smooth as butter. Yeah, that's kind of how it works. Like yeah. they can they can screw up just about everything outside of shoot, of point gun shoot man, but they never shoot screw up that bit. No. Like. I mean, people might have a lot of complaints about, say, even something like Doom 3, but I mean, at the end of the day, their their complaints are about the bits that aren't point-gun-shoot-man. Right. Like, it's too dark for me to point-gun-shoot-man. Yeah, no, I mean, watching that that quick look, it was it was, looked pretty sweet. You get abilities, and you drive around, and you shoot from your car. But, yeah, I was expecting it, and they said this in the video, too, expecting it to be, like, a little more over-the-top, and it seems like it's not, so... You would think that, like, given every bit of marketing, like, yeah. that it would be the most over-the-top thing in the world. And it appears not to be the case, so... This is not... This is not ID Software's Borderlands, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Was it was the original Borderlands like? I legitimately do not know. <laughs> what was the what was the original one like? Yeah, was it Diablo? Yeah, yeah. Borderlands has always basically been 
Shoe Di Diablo. Yeah, so I'm saying it's Rage Diablo. No, not at all. Okay. Because like I, I know I know Borderlands is Diablo. Yeah, no, not that I was expecting it to be. I was just expecting more like from the world and the story, like just over the top like guns and vehicles and explosions and stuff. And it looks kind of pretty standard. It looks it looks more like what I thought a sequel to Rage would look like, and that's not really a compliment. Oh. <laughs> Because Rage, like I said, it's it's a perfectly fine, it's a perfectly serviceable game that runs very smooth, plays very well, and you can have a ton of fun with it. But it doesn't it doesn't have its own like look and feel. It's not like it's not like say like a Fallout game. You can look at a Fallout game and like see the world and the characters, or just like see the UI and you immediately know what it is, or. You know, Borderlands, you see somebody pick up, like, uh, I don't know, a gun that when you reload, you chuck your gun away like it's a grenade. And it's like, oh, this is Borderlands. And, you know, the cel-shaded look and everything, it's got its own look. Rage is, like, it's like, is this Mad Max? Is this a Fallout game? I don't know. What this, this, this is not... World design's not really where they're uh, cooking with gas there. No. Yeah, uh, so I will probably stick to the open world game I am playing right now, Saints Row 3 on my Switch. Saints Row the third? Saints Row. Labeled that. I have no third. idea why it's called that. Uh, they use regular numbers for all the other games. <laughs> it's Volition, and this is. They're kind of ridiculous, and they kind of always happen, so I guess. All I'm going to say is wake me up when Saints Row 4 is on Switch and I'll yes, buy it again. And I I, I was kind of surprised when they first announced this that it wasn't 4, but I guess, and I can kind of see it now, this, this game was quite beloved as well. So uh, I, knowing um, THQ Nordic, who <laughs> has been putting almost... Literally their entire catalog on Switch. It seems to be their only strategy at this point is to yes. release everything that they have purchased the rights to everywhere. And I kind of appreciate that, so I'm not... This is not... Let me reiterate. This is not Listen, a I've got a lot of other please, criticisms for THQ in order. Please continue. <laughs> well, I would say I have a lot of... <laughs> the, listen, the people who are porting and doing these games... The people are doing, making these video games are probably fine. <laughs> they're doing God's work. The people promoting and selling these games... Um, no, not so much. <laughs> Maybe not so much. Yes. But in any case, Saints Row the Third. I mean, like, I'm gonna briefly. Like, there's, there's RPG elements in that. We'll pretend that's an RPG. These yeah. <laughs> upgrades. You can you design your own character. You can even select a voice actor, like a zombie for some reason. Um, uh, like my biggest issue with Saints Row the Third for me is that it always felt like a half step between Saints Row 2 which still kind of really wants to be Grand Theft Auto yeah, and Saints Row 4 which decided to just run with being completely insane and also kind of turn into Crackdown for some reason and it's <laughs> Crackdown via by still trying to be in the same universe being like oh you're kind of in the Matrix yeah and, and like I it like all just that worked. Better? 
that game, I don't understand how any anything in that game worked, and it's just this the story and this whole thing just works. I don't understand. Like I, I liked Saints Row Four quite a bit, but for me, like the issue for the third is that it's an uneasy half step where it can't decide: is it gonna be serious or is it gonna be completely insane? And it kind of tries to split the difference and doesn't work for me in either direction. Uh, it. I mean, listen, I. It is a crazy game. I right. will say that Grand Theft Auto is not for me, and I, I don't necessarily think it's because I don't like the idea of like an open world crimey game. I think what I always wanted out of that was kind of what always attracted me to like Grand Theft Auto 3, like the kind of the crazy, more comedic elements to it. So I guess that's why I'm gravitated towards Saints Row. Ironically, five Grand Theft Auto 5 did kind of dial back in that direction. That's interesting. Put that on Switch, cowards. <laughs> But also put Saints Row 4 on Switch so that I can play that. Yes, please. And Saints Row 4, re-elected, which I own, but have not actually spent the time to finish, despite finishing the original Saints Row 4 in, like, a hail of video game, <laughs> like, in a week. 100%. Who did you choose as the voice actor for your character? Nolan North. Oh, nice. It wasn't even a question. <laughs> I like that in that game... So, in the previous games, there's, like, three male options and fem three female options. I like that in 4, it's those three... I assume the same vo voice actors from the previous games as, like, male, one, two, three, female, one, two, three, and then it's just Nolan North at the bottom. There, there's some voices <laughs> that don't transition over, but there's usually at least a couple of voices that, st yeah. that uh, continue from game to game. I think but, yeah. one of them is Troy Baker. I think so, yeah. But my other, the other fun thing about that is that it's not just that like his the voice is Nolan North. It's also that they kind of imply that it is just Nolan North. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So of course I spent the entire game with like weird blue hair that the game labeled anime and like in a kilt because I I don't know Roddy Piper was there. I might as well. That was a good use of my time. But. What a, what an odd trajectory that series went on. Where like, it's it's the kind of series that can only happen when its developers come to the conclusion that the first game that they made is a game that has no future. Yeah. Like they came to the conclusion that the first game they made is too much like Grand Theft Auto to ever survive once Grand Theft Auto actually exists on the same platform. Right. So you got to do something different. <laughs> But we still want to make a game that's kind of like Grand Theft Auto, so we made this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting, because I think, I think that's always what... The, going Randomly going back to the age where there were a million Call of Duty clones. That's why most of those failed, because they just wanted to be... They just were Call of Duty. Right. Instead of doing, <laughs> I don't know, let's do Call of Duty in space or something. Or, I don't know, do something. And then Call of Duty did Call of Duty in space, and no one bought it. Uh, That's the one with an um, actor who shall not be named, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, okay. What was I going to say? Uh, the other thing I think about a lot with uh, that kind of clonery is when I think of like games that are in the GTA mold but actually worked out, like Sleeping Dogs. Mm. 
which is a very Grand Theft Auto style game, but in between being both like taking on like a Hong Kong uh, action, both in style and in where it actually took place, which gave it a very different feel. And also having a world that was actually built around telling a slightly more dramatic story, it actually did separate itself. And I blame every single person who buys GTA-style games but would not buy Sleeping Dogs, no matter how much I screamed about it, for why we will never get Sleeping Dogs 2. I'm sorry, I didn't buy it. Listen, let me tell you about the fact that they they had a Sleeping Dogs 2 design document written up, and it sounds amazing. I'm sorry, I have a good excuse, though. For not buying. What? I knew somebody that worked at the company, so I got a copy for free. Okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I would like to point out that Sleeping Dogs 2, the original intention was that it was going to be a... Man, this is really neat sounding. Like, it was, it was going to take place in mainland China, which is not a setting that video games typically explore. Uh, but it was going to have two... Uh, two uh, protagonists with uh, varying levels of scrupulousness as cops. <laughs> mm. Like, the first game, you're playing as a cop who's kind of a brutal guy, definitely a murderer. But <laughs> in two, you would actually have like someone who's like, oh, no, no, I, I, I will plant evidence. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like, it would... It sounded like they were going to do a lot of interesting things. And again, I just really like... it. It's okay to release GTA-style games that don't take place in America. There's a lot of interesting yeah. big cities around the world. <laughs> oh, and I, I should probably play that at some point, because it does seem really cool. It's great, it's great. Fully still recommended. Port that on Switch. It's never going to happen. United Front, Front Games has been dead for years, and... Oh. Uh, after briefly making like an online game that intensely failed called like Triad Wars. <laughs> I guess that sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know. I probably like mourned as it died. Yeah, probably. Apparently they were one of the hired guns that helped make uh, Halo the Master Chief Collection. Huh. Well, um... Trying not to Trying not to speak ill of the dead. Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was not uh, not a great collection when it first came out. They improved yeah. it eventually. Yeah, no, it's great now. It's just, uh, it, uh, and I didn't even play it when it first came out. Uh, I was a later X X Bone adapter, so it was probably even worse before I played it. So I, I don't know. I love looking at, like, this list of the, this Wikipedia article, but it says, like, there's a claim that at some point Donnie Yen was signed to play the main character of a live-action film based off Sleeping Dogs. Huh. I mean, I'd watch that. <laughs> Who even owns that IP? It's Square. Square? Okay. So, I mean, like, maybe if that movie ever actually happens, we will get a port of the original to more consoles. Put it on Switch, cowards. Um, or, you know, maybe a sequel even. Although, I mean, it would be from a different developer, so who knows. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, man, this 
I've really taken the bonus episode to its limits on talking about things that are completely unrelated. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Totally fine. I feel like open world games are kind of like this. This they're always there, and people are always often they're they're big. Like Red Dead Redemption Two just came out last year and was gigantic. So. Uh, and obviously Skyrim people have been buying and rebuying for years so it's it's something that people are attracted to and how many copies of that do you own just one uh, how many of the how many times have you purchased it I will rephrase my a question. few but I'm probably gonna I, I have an Xbox one X now so I'm probably gonna are you buying it again when I can get it for super cheap. <laughs> I don't have words. It's a pretty game, and now I have... I wanna, Once I get a 4K TV, I'm going to want to see it all juiced up. You can see every horrifying homunculus in blistering detail. Exactly. Well, I, I need more power to you. <laughs> I know at least one person who, like, I can't remember if it was Oblivion or Skyrim that they, like, installed so many conflicting mods that did such strange things that it somehow fried their motherboard. It's... It was amazing. Nice. <laughs> that's, the, that's the true terror that Bethesda can wreck upon your life. Oh, what else is going on in the world of RPGs? You all haven't played Yuck. Yuck oh, I can't speak. You all haven't played Yokai Watch 3 yet. Shaking my head in your general directions. Not living that merry can dream. Uh, I will be talking about Yokai Watch 4 sometime in the near future once my pre order arrives. Wait, did you pre order the Japanese version? Yep. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Amazon Japan. Guess we'll find out what its new combat system is like as soon as you get very confused by it. I feel like it's probably Nino Kuni ish. Which one? Because Nino Kuni one has really dreadful combat. Nino Kuni one. Oh. Well, watch watch the trailer sometimes because that's kind of what it looks like. I'm sorry. Like it's real time. You control one character. There's a bunch of monsters milling around. Yeah. You can switch between controlling characters. You can switch from human guy to um, the yokai. And also, story-wise, it's going. It, it apparently was like, hey, this whole two protagonist thing in Yokai Watch Three seemed to work pretty well. So let's go with four. Oh, so it's like Yakuza Four. I pretty much. It has four protagonists. But, then again, Yakuza 3 only had one, still. Point one, stands. One of the protagonists, I think, is from the Yokai world, and maybe, like, a character from the original Yokai Watch, which had a story before the anime that was never really referenced again. So <laughs> that could be very interesting to weird people like me who actually played the original Yokai Watch. So obviously, I won't be able to read any of the story, but I'll be able to maybe ascertain a little bit so we shall see uh level five is always always capable of producing very pretty games that aren't always that great so not really sure how it's going to turn out
but they, I mean, they got to try something new because without the 3DS, they kind of go have to go back to the drawing board as far as combat in that, in that series. It kind yeah. of was very reliant on two screens. Yeah, it made sense that they had to go back to the drawing board. I wish that they had cleared the Nino Kuni one off of the drawing board before they started sketching. <laughs> or been like, hey. We had this cool Nino Kuni game on DS that had some nice turn-based combat we could mess around with. But I no, think we're nothing. yeah. I mean, they want that game to appeal to as many people as possible, and a lot of people, a lot of casual market does not want turn-based. So yeah. no, <laughs> I have not actually seen how uh, Nino Kuni's DS combat works. I'm sure that we can discuss that with Gaijin on his next episode. Uh, it's been a while since I played it, but. Yeah, I don't remember. I know he played it, so... Yeah. <laughs> We've got plenty of questions that uh, are still percolating that we can still discuss. So, we should probably wrap this up. Yes, okay. So this has been a special... Some special bonus Q&A stuff. Uh, bonus, possibly in place of normal. <laughs> right. So like I said, I have no idea where this is... Where we're going to end up... Putting this, so you whatever it wherever it ends up, the comment section behind it is where you can put your questions. Yes, <laughs> you may have found this at the end of an episode, after you thought the episode was over, or you may be downloading this episode individually. Either way, leave something in the comments for us, won't you? If you leave the if you leave in a message referencing what happens at that point in the podcast, maybe you will you will confuse someone else. Ooh, there you go. Think of the possibilities. <laughs> Our only, we love the listeners who reach the bonus section the most. <laughs> exactly. All right, anyway, I'm going to hit the stop button. We'll see you next time. See you, Space Cowboys. And it's all for my grog, my jolly, jolly grog. All for my beer and tobacco. Well, I spent all my tin on the laddie's drinking gin. And across the western ocean I must Noggin, noggin boots They're all gone for beer and tobacco For the heels they are worn out And the toes are kicked about